0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from Chalkboard Chat Hello there. Good morning. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson, the Hattiesburg Computer Doctor. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. We can help you fix it. We can help you keep it safe. And we can do both well, so uh, we can't. uh, Jeremy and Wilts can. So you're in good hands either way. I can tell you who's on the phone. That's about all I can do. We want to hear from you. I can tell you to kick it a couple times, unplug it from the wall, count to 10. We know you don't count to 10. You count to about three and a half, Then you plug it back in. That's what I do anyway. So that's what I can get. I can get you there. Then you want to call Jeremy. We want to hear from you today. Got any tech problems, issues, or questions you have a story or experience to share? You can email us day tech at mpbonline.org. It is the week of Black Friday. That is a big shopping holiday. I don't know if it was what it once was uh, because everybody does so much online. But it is a huge, huge week for the consumer technology industry. Uh, It is interesting that uh, a little uh, juxtaposition that uh, this is coming right on the back end of a week where, I don't know, how many 30,000, 40,000 tech workers were laid off. Uh, There's some... uh, some uninspired irony right there but it is interesting that this is happening and man what a terrible time to be laid off uh right before thanksgiving going right into the holidays i don't know that there's a good time to be laid off so that was pretty smart to say jay anyway jeremy good morning what's going on man how have things been the past week or so uh at the shop for you
2: Hey, good morning, Jay. Uh, first off, I want to say that you bring a lot more to the table than just uh, telling who's on the phone. Um, a lot of times you offer some very good perspective on things, and you also – you're techie but not so techie that you're lost in the woods. So you give us a good outside-looking-in perspective, and we need that, man. I mean, like that's that's what – that's the heartbeat of this show. Oh, man. Because if I get too technical – People won't know what I'm talking about. So Jay, you help Ray me in, you're like, All right, let's keep this uh, you know, let's let's keep this uh, <laughs> educational for the listeners well, that's- uh without
1: that's no very sweet of you to say. I'm 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 home trained well, just about well enough to be dangerous. That's about that's about what I am.
2: Thanksgiving week, and I'm extremely thankful <laughs> for you and everything you bring to the show.
1: Well, thank so. you, man. Likewise, and I miss Wilts, man. He's been he's been underneath it since he switched jobs, and he's he's working for the county over here, and uh, they got him they got him doing all all the business. So, uh, but he's hope a
2: special guest. <laughs> that's and right. I look forward to the next time that we get to have him on the show.
1: I know. I know. Well, what's been happening, man, as, as things get into the holiday? Do things ramp up for you, or do they slow down? Do you get a whole bunch of people calling with new stuff that they don't know how to work? Or how does that work for you during the holidays, typically?
2: Honestly, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, it can be busy, and sometimes it can be really slow. Um, this week, it's been pretty busy. I have uh, put my location on campus set by appointment only because, Mm. you know, if it is slow, I don't want to just be sitting up there twiddling my thumbs, which I've done uh, plenty of times in the past. So I've learned to adapt to that. Uh, But I've been working on a uh, gaming rig for a client that's been with me for many years. His Alienware uh, fell victim to a small roach infestation, so um, we salvaged what we could from it, uh, which was basically just his storage drives and his RAM, and uh, moved all his stuff over to a new case that is roach-free, and um, he tells me that he likes to play flight simulator,
0: okay. and he said, man,
2: I need this rig to really get down. He said, I will do 12-hour flights, so... What? And with flight simulator, it's, 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 it's literal time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, you might, there might be some mod to speed it up or whatever, but like, you know, if you fly from Texas to London, if you can even do that, I don't know. Um, it takes as long as it takes. So I, uh, I had to fire this rig up and let it run test for over 12 hours because he said that his previous rig would crash on him not sure if that was uh due to the roach infestation or some other issue with his build but um i was able to run a 12 hour test on it um pass with flying colors his gpu got around 73 c which is it's pretty warm but for running for 12 hours that's also pretty good so he will be able to uh, do his flight sims, and uh, he'll be able to do them over the Thanksgiving break because they got everything finished up yesterday.
1: 73 Celsius. Is that what you're saying? That's hot. But not hot for uh, for a mega mega gaming rig?
2: Well, it's not really hot for processors. In fact, I've noticed that these new uh, Intel Evo processors, they live on thermal throttling. So it's like... Uh, the new, the new, the new approach is all right. Well, uh, let it get so hot that it uh, tunes itself down, and um, that's just how it works. It just gets hot. Yeah. So seventy-three C for uh, your tech is not super hot. Yeah. Um, and it's not too hot for your GPU. I mean, it is hot. It's hot, but it's not so hot that the hardware can't handle it. Now, yeah. long term, you know depending on how many 12-hour stints he does over the course of five years, um, he might burn out his graphics card pretty fast. I, I don't know. But graphics cards can withstand a lot more, um, let's call it, abuse than I had ever imagined because before I, before I saw mining rigs, if you had told me that you could string a GPU up by its very minimal parts and make it do a bunch of math around the clock. I'd be like, dude, you're going to kill your graphics card in no time. But that's how mining rigs work. Yeah. So graphics cards are used to doing that heavy lifting. Now, long term, I am curious how long it will go for 12 straight hours. But um, it is it is designed to withstand some abuse. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he does it. Um, so Flight Simulator, I have no experience with. But he... Uh, he had a mod in there that would let me turn on the uh, autopilot, so I could just click a little button and then the plane would take off from the runway and start flying itself. And it—I'd uh, come back a while later and it would be crashed in the ocean because <laughs> it ran out of fuel. Because uh, I have no idea what I'm doing, and um, I would just, you
1: know. Oh man, I hope you're not tanking his account or something like that.
2: No, no, no. I'm
1: no. um, <laughs> sorry. Place, I'm I'm being a goof. I'm thinking of in terms of like, uh, like you know, like a regular game. Like, oh man, hey, before you crash test this plane, let's make sure you log out of my account.
2: Yeah, right. Like, don't don't put a <laughs> bunch of bad marks on me. I, right. I'll lose my pilot's license. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was a lot of fun playing with it. I actually did go download it because if you have Xbox Game Pass, you have access to it. But yeah. man, it is huge.
1: Oh yeah, huge. it's a beast.
2: You download a 100 plus gigabyte file once you get the game installed. Uh, to upload a bunch of airports and stuff like that. I have no experience with it, but I am going to, you know, go flying once in a while. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's that game has, has quite a legacy. Uh, lots of people have self-taught themselves, to some extent, how to fly using that game. Uh, and the Yeah, that's scary, but uh, also kind of cool at the same time. I mean, it can be scary. It's been used to do scary things. So, uh, yeah. So, plenty of stuff to get into. Is there a tech thing this year that you have circled that you're hoping maybe you get during the holidays? I kind of hit you. I hit you out of nowhere with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And you keep you so, keep up. You get tech stuff through. I mean, you're a tech guy, so it's not like you know you're out of the tech circle through the year. So you get, you get cool tech stuff all through the calendar year, but is there one that you've been holding back maybe that you would get for that big gift for Christmas from somebody?
2: Okay. So, um, actually the answer is yes. Um, there is something that I have been holding back on for a while. Okay. Uh, I have had the same laptop for like six years and I recently replaced it with a spiffier rig Um, and I went a little, a little more than I would usually go, um, because I do a little bit of gaming on the go now. Um, so I got a gaming laptop, which I normally wouldn't do because I don't like how hot these things get because they, I mean, they eventually just cook themselves to death. Yeah. Having said that, I found a good deal on one and I was like, "You know what? I've had this laptop long enough and it is starting to to show its age. Uh, I you know, it's time to move on." So I did um I found a great deal uh it was $600 off a oh, gaming wow. laptop. Yeah. And it had a uh, 500 gig SSD in it and it had 16 gigs of RAM and it had oh man, i can't remember what the graphics card was but it's the higher end uh a there's so many numbers out there now but yeah i um i opted for that because i was like man 600 bucks off now it's like it's the older generation but it's still it's still plenty spiffy for what i do yeah and um i've gotten to use it a little bit um but I recently upgraded the SSD in and I put a two terabyte in there and I went ahead. I was like, why not? This is my Uber rig, you know? Yeah. So uh, I bumped the Ram up to 32 gigs.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: It's, it's got an RX 6800 M in it, which is the mobile 6800 uh, GPU, which is, it's pretty spiffy. It's uh, it's right in the same line as like a 3070, So that was what I was looking for. And the price, I was like, man, that's yes. All right, sign me up.
1: Absolutely. That's, you know, that I've been, I've had a gaming rig in my computer room. We have like an extra bedroom. And it's kind of become, yeah, it's become my computer room. And I have a gaming rig in there. And it's kind of been taken over by my sons who do a lot, who do a bunch of gaming. And uh, so I don't, and I, I I try not to get in their way with that. I want them to have their thing. Sure. I do have a laptop that I bought mm, maybe eighteen months, two years ago, and I bought it to have two in one functionality. It's too big. I didn't I didn't get exactly what I wanted, but it is a a Windows laptop with touchscreen. It's Lenovo. It's it's one of the 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 cheaper general yeah. consumption gigs or rigs that you could have bought at Best Buy a couple of years ago. I mean, it was like 500 or something like that.
2: But you said it's 15 inches?
1: It is. Yeah, and it's,
2: that's a little big for touch screen. It's it's kind of like, huh, what's the point?
1: It is. It is. And I, I, I love the functionality of it. I just want something uh. smaller. It's so clunky to pull around because it, it's not a two-in-one. You can't really use it as a uh, – like it doesn't fold around all the way – and so you can't right. really use it as a tablet. So I failed in my two for one search or two in one, I should say. But man, uh, a friend of mine got an older iPad mini and dude, it's just the right size. It's the size yeah. I want. It's not the two in one functionality I want because I mean, I, I, and I say this uh, seemingly weakly. I had a, a Surface Pro 3 back in the day and that, I mean, that's the perfect two in one because I'm a Windows guy. It's, it's what I learned first. And so right. it's it's what's intuitive to me, even though every every other person on earth uses Mac, uh, it's it's still intuitive to me, and yeah. uh, I, I love the idea of having a touch screen two in one that can be a tablet but run Windows. That's like that's the dream, uh, but that iPad Mini, it's so small, but it's still a touchscreen tablet. That it's man, the the UI of Apple at my ripe old age of forty three, but I've gotten to the point where that. That streamlined interface sure does have a lot to offer in that it doesn't screw up ever and it's super easy to use and pretty intuitive. Um, So I'm torn between those things. Uh, If I'm going to go out and get this, get another kind of go all in on another Surface uh, Pro or maybe not the Pro because the Pros are a little bit too big and I don't know what they offer in terms of one that's small enough to kind of be a two-in-one but not be a clunky tablet, uh, but that, that iPad mini, but that's a, that's a perfect size thing, man. I don't know. Cause I do a I lot of,
2: have, go ahead. I used to have a mini and I really liked it because of what you're saying. Like, it's like the perfect size. It's like a tiny little book you can carry around with you yeah. and fit in your pocket. It's, it's nice. And when Apple discontinued the mini, I was like, uh, they're doing what? That's yeah. a horrible
1: idea. I guess I mean, it just wasn't, it I guess everybody's inclination is to buy the biggest, baddest thing, right? Because it can do the most, it has the most power to, to haul the most of whatever you're trying to do.
2: Right, but where does that leave people and their children? Because nobody wants to give their kid an iPad Pro. I mean, I I personally, if I had a kid, I wouldn't even give them a Mini until they were, you know, a teenager or so. But I have clients that would give their kids those Minis, and they loved them. They get them fixed a lot, but they would still come back to the kid. You know, it was the perfect size, like you said. And also, uh, recently, Apple they had a major overhaul with iOS because for the last several versions they did not natively support touch, like as far as like a mouse goes. And now you've got the uh, the Magic Keyboard, which is a full-on keyboard and touch pad. Yeah. So they're bridging that gap between the MacBook and the iPad. And this is where things are going to start to get blurry because it's like, well, which one do I need? Because the small one's gonna be pretty good at certain things. And then the MacBooks are gonna be the ones that you're using for your graphic editing and whatnot. But I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with this because they've never had native mouse support until this latest iOS. Mm. And with these Magic Keyboards, there are several different versions out there there's the ones for the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, there's ones for the 11-inch iPad Pro, and then there's ones for the iPad Air. So if you're looking to get one of these for your iPad, make sure you get the right size. And also uh, call and let us know how much you like it, because I had a client who recently upgraded one of these. I never even seen it, and I was blown away because yeah. it works really well.
1: Absolutely, but as as another thing, I mean, if you've got an opportunity to go to you know a a big box store or whatever it is and hold one of these things in your hand, yeah, that's yeah, that would be something good. Now, if you're buying it for a gift for somebody else, I mean, take their word for it. I mean, they gotta they gotta be particular about what they want, which is something I'm terrible about. Hey, Jay, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know, hangers or something. You know, but uh, yeah, if you can go hold one of these things in your hand and feel. You know, because I mean, as soon as you pick one of these things up, if it's what you want, your brain's going to start running you're going to start right. seeing it, you know, like you're everybody does. The right fit for you.
2: Yeah. I like the size of the screen. I like the keyboard. I like the way the mouse feels. Or maybe you don't and you want to look at something else. But yep. if you're buying a gift for numero uno, I'm the same way. You got to go get your hands on it. You got to go get some experience with it because, Jane, you settled on your laptop and you've still got buyer's remorse about it. And you're sitting here eyeballing one of these iPads you know, or one of these surfaces because you didn't quite fulfill what you were looking
1: for. I didn't. And It's a, it's a, it's an awesome laptop. I just, I want, man, it, to set it up, I mean, it's still like five or six steps, right? And an, an iPad mini is not. You just grab it and there it is. Uh, and
2: the other thing is the battery life on iPads is insanely good. It's yeah. so good. I mean, you can't. Nothing stacks up to it. It's not not surfaces, not uh, any of the definitely no laptop running Windows. Windows still does not sleep well. Anything with an Apple logo on it, that battery life is nuts. And if you hit the off button, I mean, it's going to be the same when you turn it on next. It's not like. Uh, did my battery die while it was in my bag? Because I play that lottery every day, and that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons the battery on my old laptop went bad because I would forget to put Windows in uh, to shut it down rather than put it to sleep, and then I pull it out and go, "Oh, it died." And my Surface does the same thing.
1: Yeah, and you totally busted me out because I'm sitting here looking at this page on the Verge website, theverge.com, <laughs> and it's the best Black Friday iPad deals. And here it is. It's a 2021 iPad mini, Wi-Fi, 64 gig, and it's 20% off. It's normally 500. It's 400 right now. You can get it at Target or Amazon. Uh, not that that's a total ad for that, but there you go. But there's, there. I mean, hey, it's Black Friday week. So there's deals on absolutely everything right now. I feel like we could have talked the whole hour about what we were talking about right there. So uh, we can dig some other stuff up right here, including this. Let me tell you. Jeremy, do you if I asked you, what could a car manufacturer lock behind a paywall? Or what can a car manufacturer turn into a subscription service? Think about that for a second. And I'll tell you what Mercedes, the German auto manufacturer, has put behind a paywall for Mercedes owners. I got you thinking. I'll be
2: thinking i thinking
1: evil thoughts, right? Right, exactly. We're talking about whatever is going on in your world. If something's broken or something's not acting right and you need somebody to desperately help you try to work through it, Jeremy is here. I'll also accept your call and I'll be here as well. I'll watch while y'all fi- figure it out and fix it. Also, you could talk uh, with us about what's on your Black Friday list or what's been handed to you, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, nana, whoever. What's been handed to you uh, to go buy? For Black Friday or for the upcoming holiday, this is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I am Jay White. Thanks for listening this morning. I gave you a tease about something that an automaker, or I said German automaker Mercedes, is doing. They've come up with a subscription, a paywall concept for part of their uh, their product. Now they make cars, right? So what could what from a car could go behind a paywall? And look. There are other manufacturers in other parts of the world that may have been doing this for a while, but this is the first time I've seen it. And, man, I'm like, that is evil and a fantastic idea at the same time. So, Jeremy, the German auto manufacturer Mercedes has locked faster acceleration in their cars behind an annual paywall that's $1,200. So you can can go fast in Mercedes, but if you want to go Mercedes fast, sir— That'll be a twelve hundred dollar subscription service fee. hundred bucks a month to go faster. In the grand scheme of things, if I've paid money to buy a Mercedes, a hundred bucks a month ain't a big deal. If I can really go Zoom zoom.
2: That's yes, that's fair. Uh I, I thought that like you were gonna ask me to guess. Um I went dark dystopia with it in my head. I was like, I don't know, air conditioning.
1: Yeah. I did <laughs> that that would be truly evil. But yeah, I did exactly. before the break, I did ask you. Uh, what you thought they might could put in there so i, I kind of blew that question right there but holy cow dude here here's where we are with cars now i mean like the the the, the mechanism behind cars has completely changed man this is a computer thing now so this, yeah
2: this is the ea model of car ownership
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely but, yeah, uh, Mercedes is the latest manufacturer, as I read the story now, to, to lock an acceleration increase add on that lets drivers pay to access motor performance their vehicle is already capable of. The 1,200 a year uh, subscription improves performance by boosting output from the motors by 20 to 24 percent, increasing torque and shaving around 0.8 to 0.9 seconds off a of zero to 60 mile per hour acceleration when in dynamic drive mode. Uh, the subscription doesn't come with any physical hardware upgrades instead it simply unlocks the full capabilities that the car already has, indicating that Mercedes intentionally limits performance to later sell as an optional extra. Acceleration increase that's caps so this is uh, their their uh, official terminology for it. acceleration increase is only available for the mercedes Mercedes Eq EQE. The EQEQE, okay. And Mercedes EQEQS, those are easy things to say, electric Very. car models. So just on a couple of electric car models, can you buy the uh, extra subscription for Zoom? As global sales for new cars have fallen in recent years, manufacturers have pivoted towards selling software updates and features as subscription to get some of that money back. That's pretty ingenious. Um, We're not selling a whole bunch of cars, so how can we make more money on the cars we are selling? This Uh,
2: is more tolerable, in my opinion, than Tesla limiting the battery life in your car if you don't pay out. Is that an annual fee also, or is that just a pay outright? Because, see, if it was a pay outright to unlock it and have it, that'd be cool. But they went immediately for software-as-a-service in a subscription form. And I I hate that. Like, you know, I I like the the 90s and 2000s when you installed a piece of software on your computer, it was yours.
1: And that was
2: it. And now everything is subscription-based. So it's just – this is just, you know, late-stage capitalism, and this is the way businesses have to do business. And it's more tolerable for speed than for battery life because, I mean, battery life is about getting where you need to go, being efficient. This is about – getting there faster. Yeah. So it's it's less of a blow, in my opinion. It's not really too big of a, an issue, especially, like you said, if you've got a, a Mercedes, you're already, you've already got the money to, to pay for your extra speed if you want it.
1: Yeah. Well, you you either have the money or you're leveraged. Or you're going to get the money. Yeah. yeah. You're you're leveraged right. uh, out the rear end into a, a Mercedes or um, one other... Uh, company, another European automaker, who's done this, BMW, sparked outrage uh, just a couple of months ago by similarly charging eighteen dollars a month uh, for a subscription in some countries for owners to use the heated seats that are already installed within its vehicles. Uh, just one of many features paywalled by the car manufacturer since two thousand twenty. So BMW has been doing this for a while. They also also previously tried and failed to charge its customers $80 a month to access Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, features that other vehicle makers have included for free. So what? BMW tried to charge you to have access to your heated seats and Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. I got to imagine that Apple and Android were like, wait a minute. Uh, What's the split on that with us, boss? And they were really? like, we didn't think about that. And they were like, well, that's over. You're not doing that anymore, buddy. We're just going to take it out of your cars. And BMW was like, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe we can find that money somewhere else. So come on back, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, please. So, yeah. But that's interesting that it is so far Mercedes and BMW. And I'm shocked that car manufacturers in the EU, right, which is, which is bending Apple, Apple to its will right now with these mm-hmm. USB-C adapters right or USB-C yeah. connectors uh i'm surprised that auto manufacturers in europe are the ones who came out with this uh and not north america like i'm surprised this is a whole thing in north america right like because he, th- in north america is a place where this will be a thing like they'll totally i mean we're totally into make as much money off of everything as you possibly can and over there is where they're like hey wait a minute this seems a little obnoxious. Maybe you should walk this back. But anyway.
2: I'm, I'm going to assume it's lobbyists that are uh, pushing against it. Because, you know, Apple's got plenty of money to do that. Um, but I, for one, am very, very happy that everything is going to be USB-C. Yeah. It's just going to be easier that way. I have had a heck of a time explaining to uh, a, a large number of people that the charger on their phone that they used for the last 10 years is now inferior and doesn't charge their phone as well. Right. It would just be easier if they all use the same cord. That way we didn't have to risk messing our devices up or slow charging them or whatever because they'll all be on the same format. So as a repair guy, woohoo! Thank you, EU! <laughs>
1: You know what's funny is, do do you ever run into the old, like the original Apple, like that long, thin, wide charger that they had from the original phones? You ever run into that one?
3: Every once in
2: a blue moon. I haven't seen one in probably about a year. Yeah.
1: I still got baskets in my house that's got a couple of those in it. That and USB-A, or the original Android chargers. Was that that USB-A? The micro micro USB. Micro USB. Thank you. USB-A. What am I talking about? Anyway, but... The thing is, though, is like if you buy the thing, the thing about that mini USB, there's so much stuff, like so much random, so many random things that still use that. You still gotta have that as a charger, especially like off-brand stuff. Man, I, I'm still I look for chargers for that all the time. And uh, well, anyway, they're usually tucked in somewhere with my PlayStation Three controllers, wherever those are.
2: No, you were right, Jay. It was mini-USB. Mini that right. was the first one. That was like the square-shaped yeah. one, and then the next one was the micro-USB that had the one flat end with the hooks on it. That's the one I'm and talking about. Yeah, that, that, was, micro I USB. that was actually the second Android charger, but it was the more popular one yep. for a very long time.
1: Yep, and a bunch of, you know, third-party stuff still uses that, so I still need to have those okay. around, so I don't know. But most of mine are like a foot and a half long because that's what came with those PlayStations. So, right. Yeah, yeah. all right, let's go to the phones. we got Mike who's called us up from Hernando this morning. Mike, uh, happy Thanksgiving week to you. What's going on?
3: Thank you, guys. Um, you just talked about over-the-air updates for cars like Mercedes is doing. That's become common. But there's a new one coming on the market, and I've been reading about it in uh, trade mags, and it's, uh, it just sounds a little weird to me. The new VinFast, Vietnamese SUV, you buy the vehicle but lease the battery. And I thought, that man, I don't know. I mean, that sounds weird. With their buying back the battery when it runs out of power and everything and replacing it, almost uh, a subscription-type thing, I, I don't know if I want that to become common or not. If I'm going to buy the dang car, I want the battery with it. And not have to worry about in uh, you know twenty five thousand miles uh, replacing the battery because it's under a contract. Is that going to become common? Does that sound weird to you guys too?
2: Hard to speculate on what's going to become common because EVs are not the mainstream vehicles yet. However i can kind of see the purpose behind this because especially if you're fast charging a battery in an ev the battery is going to wear out sooner and that's probably the most expensive well i mean i might be talking with my foot in my mouth here but i think it's one of the most expensive things to replace in an electric vehicle so a monthly fee will guarantee that you always have a fully functional battery um if it affects the price of the vehicle, then I would be more for it. If it's you know, still uh, an obscene cost on top of the vehicle, then, or the obscene cost for the vehicle, and then on top of that, I would say that you know it might not do so well. But with EVs, but, for, for people that are fast charging them, they are sacrificing the lifespan of that battery. So this, this makes more sense than, say, subscribing to an extra, what was it, uh, Point what seconds to zero to 60, 0. 0.4 seconds or something, yeah. something yeah. like that,
1: whatever it was. I think it was point well, it eight really to point nine, like- something like that.
3: Okay, It really Almost doesn't sound second. that bad, does it? it? It really doesn't sound that bad a deal, does it? I mean, you buy the car and lease the battery over the life of the car, and every now and then, when it runs out of power, they just take it in, they replace it for the fee you've been paying. I, I don't right. know. Maybe it's the future of electric cars. I think I think part of it I think
1: part of it is name brand leverage, you know, especially like we were talking about Mercedes earlier. Right. I mean, Mercedes is uh, for some people and I'm not judging at all, but for some people, that's a status symbol type of car. Right. And so they they want a Mercedes. And so if you've got somebody that's leveraged that much into having the brand that you present. Yeah. I mean, 100 bucks a month. I'll, I'll get that i can, I can totally see it, and I've already justified it three or four different ways <laughs> since we started since my first uh, since I first introduced the story talking about how terrible it is. I've already justified it about five different ways
3: <laughs> right well, you know what I was reading about this thing, and it it just sounds like the Vietnamese have come up with an extremely clever way to leverage against the life of the the electric vehicle and they're gonna, they're starting to sell these things in California right now, and they say it's extremely well made but I just thought it was intriguing to think that that might be a possibility that you buy your car, but leash the battery for the life of the time that you own the car. And it doesn't sound like that's a bad deal.
1: Right. Uh, unless you get like a lemon car and it keeps ruining batteries, then I guess they'll they'll figure out a way to fix that real quick.
3: Well, their yeah. their well, program <laughs> says that
2: they will replace your battery once it drops below 70% efficiency.
1: Interesting. So. Right.
2: I don't know if a robot's going to show up on your driveway and lift up your car and pull your battery out or if you're going to have to take it into a, a facility and have it changed or if somebody's going to come do it there at your house. I, I'm curious to see how they do this and how they service it. This could be a really uh, an interesting uh, yeah.
3: – I uh, see now case. Now because
1: because they're a foreign car maker and they don't have a bunch of dealerships over here or any maybe – uh, that's That's where they got to work out a deal with like a a minor key or something like that, one of these uh mm-hmm. you know franchise shops over here yeah you got to work out a deal where you know they're getting paid for you know sending their cars into that that shop to get that work done yeah, see now I'm making money mm-hmm. on both sides for them
3: <laughs> i've been I've been reading about them and they say they're they have blanketed Vietnam with these cars and they're selling them like mad in Southeast Asia and um, they've already built dealerships in California. And they, their intention is to spread all across the country. And I kind of like the idea. I'm, and I've been leery of an electric car anyway, but to get one where you have this kind of a guarantee that as the battery runs out, you're going to get a replacement battery for the fee that you've been paying and not have to worry about going and spending $25,000 for a new battery. So I, it's kind of an intriguing thing.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Mike, thanks for uh, calling us this morning and bringing that to our attention.
3: You betcha.
1: All right. Have a happy uh, Thanksgiving holiday later this week. All the best Black Friday to you. I, the one sure. thing I haven't asked is if people are going to go out in Black Friday shop or if they're going to do it all online. That's I mean, um, more and more people are not going out. Although I think maybe now, like it, there was such a crush physically on that for a while that, that everybody was like, no, thanks. I'd rather not do anything than that. But now it's kind of—enough that's people have kind of pulled off of that and do all their shopping online that I don't think it's as bad now. And and besides, so many stores now start their Black Friday deals. They're not Black Friday anymore. It's like stores already have that stuff out now. So it makes it a little bit easier, I guess, maybe. Like instead of going on a Friday morning at like 4 o'clock in the morning, like, I don't know. You could go this afternoon if you wanted to. Maybe. <laughs> I'm
2: not. I'm not going, man. I, like this is this is when I stay out of stores. This day and December twenty third or twenty fourth yeah. if it's open. Or the day the not. day
1: after Christmas, right? That's the that's the big yeah. return date, December twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah I,
2: don't, uh, yeah. I try not to, to do too much at all. Yeah. Um, I did want to add, which will be a to, Monday
1: uh, this year. That's a, December twenty sixth will be a Monday, so that'll be a train wreck day. <laughs>
3: about her.
2: some actual costs. For those EVs. Okay. Um, the lower end model is forty two thousand two hundred, and then you've got the monthly battery subscription, but you can buy the vehicle outright with the battery. So if you buy it outright huh. with the battery, it's gonna cost you almost fifteen thousand dollars more huh. for the battery. So they're just kind of saving you that cost on the battery, or not saving you, but uh
1: fifteen thousand.
2: Well, yeah.
1: Whew. Wow. That's yeah. a good I'd And bad. then the
2: the higher end model is 185 for the battery.
1: That's Let me like I don't know I'm trying to think. Okay, so that that seems prohibitive. Like well, a, like a $15,000 $15, upcharge for this battery, but I guess what they're it's doing is that way Yeah, to to, to drive make people, people that
2: subscription program. Absolutely. And also because a bad battery Will look bad on the EV. So, if they have a program where they can maintain the battery, those will look better and people won't be complaining about them as much. Yeah. Yeah. So they can maintain their product. So
1: well, it looks that's good publicly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking about is that, you know, we talk about during our drives here on MPB that, hey, if you become a monthly sustainer, it gives us a better idea of, of you know, cash flow through instead of doing, let's say, $120 um, uh, donation to MPB. Doing ten dollars a month. Uh, if more right. people do that, it's you know we get we have a better idea of what the cash flow is over the course of the year, and it gives us a better idea how to project, uh, you know, costs and assessments, and you know how we're going to move forward and things like that. I can imagine it's the same way for a car dealership. Boy, this is, did not turn out how I thought it was going to turn out. I've all I've done is 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 co-sign on all this egregious behavior from these car dealerships. And I totally didn't think that's how this was going to play out today. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally the wrestling bad guy of this here show. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Dave, who's called us from Bethel Springs, Tennessee. Dave, what's going on? Good morning.
0: Yes, sir. Good morning. I hope you guys got some turkey lined up for tomorrow.
1: Trying to. Yes, sir. How about yourself? Yes,
0: sir. Well, I'm going to eat more than I need to, but that's normal. <laughs> right. I call. Cough- Two months back, and I'm the guy that complained about the poor internet service. I live out in the country, and I was signed up for our favorite. So you're the guy. I'm the guy. With 200 <clears throat> questions. I'm going to try to narrow it down to less than that, but uh, <laughs> I just want to know that our buddy that just bought Twitter, uh, I have received his service, and i uh, just to tell you some little bit of background on it. It's not the full residential service. I'm calling it best effort. And what that means is that that you can be subject to power outages with your Internet. It could drop your connection. It could be streaming real slow. I understand what streaming is, but we've never been exposed to it until now. But what happened is, being an eternal optimist, I went ahead and took the service. The fee is the same as if you're getting full residential service. So that part of it is a little bit uncertain, but I thought, what the heck? So... I went ahead and took the service. After a week, I dropped the other Internet service satellite like a bad habit. And I'm telling you, (laughs) if this thing, if it gets better than it is, I'll be tickled to death. The only question I have now is there is so much in the streaming stratosphere that I have no idea, you know, what's all involved with that. But I have a question on the speed test. When you're doing a speed test on that and you you're actually on your laptop doing a speed test is the speed test that it shows up is that what you have available not counting what's on there what someone else is using for example if my wife is streaming a tv show in another room and i'm on the laptop and i get 10 megabits per second does that mean not including her streaming speed because i know it slows down the more you have on it so how does that work
2: Okay, so if somebody is streaming something while you're doing a speed test, that absolutely affects the quality of the speed test. However, um, if you're still getting a good speed test in addition to that, then you should be you should have enough bandwidth to go around the household for other people to do other things. But if you want to get the full potential of your uh, your network, you need to limit usage while you do the speed test if you want to see what it tops out at. Also, your performance will vary throughout the day, and based on which server that you've decided to do your speed test with, will also affect the speed and the quality of the uh, report that you get.
0: Okay, I, I I follow you on all that, and I'm just doing this. My wife and I, we don't have anybody else on a regular basis at the house, but I've got things mm-hmm. like uh, I've got 4Bell on it, I've got my security system on it, and. The, it will list everything that's attached to your router whenever you... I even bought the mesh routers. I bought two of them so far. I've only used one. But I'm telling you, I did a speed test on it, and I got 247 megabits at 8 fantastic. o'clock or 9 morning from Satellite. And the other company... That's
2: companies- fantastic.
0: Um, hey. Answer me this.
2: When it said that uh, you were under a best-effort... Connection. Um, you said that that could be uh, outages, drop, you know, connections drop, so forth. How frequently have you experienced those, and how, how long have you had Starlink as a service?
0: I've had it. This is going on the third month. I have zero outages. Zero. Wow. But my wife wow. He's been streaming, been streaming a, a TV show, and it wasn't one of the older ones. It was uh, Disney Plus, just to give you a name to show you that it's high def. And she's uh-huh. streaming, and I've, I've actually gotten single digits on my speed test, but it did not buffer one second on that streaming that she was watching the movie. I'm, I'm testing this, I'm moving the routers around in the building, and I'm doing all this stuff to try to understand it. And mm-hmm. I'm just blown away with what it is. If it's going to get better than this, I'm tickled to death. But, you know, Wonderful. Uh, like I said, It's just fantastic considering, and they underline, they underscore and put it in caps. We do not recommend that you take this service, and they they tell you that, but like I said, I have not been dropped in three months, and it's just been super, but it's going to get better. Everything, you know, they're saying mid-2023 will be, I'll I'll be upgraded to a residential. What They have three layers. It's best effort, residential, and business, and, Um. uh, you know, the plan that i have is unlimited and like i said it's i'm tickled to death with it the only thing now is i have seven tvs in the house i've got a four thousand square foot house and i'm in Mm -hmm. the process of putting a fire strip or fire sticks on them just to try to make them compatible so my wife doesn't call me every time she wants to watch something in the bedroom doing something else yeah to make for her but my point is i was been on hold for this thing since you know june of 2021 so that's just mm-hmm. to give you an idea of where you're at with that and i know they're launching more satellites by the week and by the month and all that i get that but i was shocked i wasn't expecting anything like this and uh, it may fall apart tomorrow but like i said i've been up 3 months now and my, I keep adding to it to see how many things I can watch before something starts. To <laughs> I'm trying
2: to kill it, but it just won't die. Okay, so um, as far as your Wi-Fi coverage in your house goes, um, have you adopted a mesh router system?
0: I do. You I fought, some, yeah, I you've got some man. major square footage oh. there. Uh, yeah, I've got 4,000, but I've got 4,000 on the ground floor, and I've got a second floor, and I've got a workshop attached to that. So I'm trying to spread this out. And on top of that, the, the base floor is made out of metal studs, which makes it more interesting for, oh. you know, getting Wi-Fi. So I've got that pretty fairly worked out so far. I've only used the one mesh router attachment, you know, that come from the manufacturer. I'm staying with the company that's got the satellite, you know. They offer them uh-huh. in. It's kind of funny because everything they sell now is a la carte. They, there's no Ethernet plug that comes with it. If you want to plug something up on the Ethernet cable, you have to buy an adapter for another $40. Uh, free. Okay. And
3: if,
0: if you want to mount your antenna on the pole, you got to buy another $40 adapter, You know, which it, it comes out of the box. You can set it on the ground. I literally set it out in the driveway and started up, and I was getting 160 megabits per second. After about fifteen minutes of setup and downloading the app and stringing the cable, I wasn't didn't leave it in the driveway. Obviously, I put it on the building. But wow, I true. mean, I, I can't say enough about it. If it's going to get better than this, sign me up. You know,
2: absolutely. Uh, and what
0: is your monthly fee for that right now? A hundred and ten dollars, unlimited.
2: That's pretty good. 100- that's that's a that's a lot better than what most people with uh, other satellite providers who are very displeased with their service are paying. So I hope well, that people are listening because uh, this this can be the game changer for the rural internet community.
0: Well, it, it is for a couple of reasons, and and I won't keep you. I know you got other people, but. Our local power company was in the business of string and fiber optic. So that gives me some hope I was going to have some competition to get the price down even lower. So I go down and talk to them after two years. And I, I said, well, where are you at with the fiber optic? Well, we, we don't do fiber optic anymore. <laughs> I said, well, what happened? Got all this money, you know, from the feds. You were supposed to do rural, you know, fiber optic. Well, and he named the companies. He said they got most of the money because they're doing it in rural areas. And there's seven houses on our road. We're three miles outside the city limits. And what you figure the odds are that we're going to get, you know, fiber optics strung out there. But uh, he just laughed. He said, he told me the figure is something like $55,000 a a mile or something to string it. Some kind of real high figure. Mm -hmm. So. What what are the odds that we're going to get that with seven houses on the road? And of those seven, a lot of them are old timers like myself that probably don't even have the internet to start out with. We don't have a lot of school kids or anything, so you know right. that we're not going to get it. But like I said, I just want to give you an update on that because it's going to get better. They're saying, and uh, they're telling you not to buy it because they can't guarantee it. But I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not in their zone where they're telling you it's supposed to be, you know, ready to go yet, if you look at their map, but I, I'm telling you, it's working great for me, and I I hope it gets better, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And Dave, thanks for calling us and giving us an update on that. We really appreciate it.
0: Very thank, thank yeah, much. You guys are always helping me answer my 200-plus questions and the speed <laughs> test, one, because I've got a notebook, probably 10 pages of speed tests, different times a day, different router locations oh, and wow. all that, yeah this out so i appreciate your help thank you very much enjoy your show
1: thank you dave uh likewise we appreciate it very much man what do you think about that that's good news to hear
2: awesome yeah we've been we've been ragging on elon musk but it seems like uh starlink is doing what it's designed to do and i I am happy to hear that um this is one reason that all the other stuff that's going on had me banging my head against the wall like what are you doing you were doing so good you look public You know, you got Tesla, you got Starlink, you got SpaceX, you're doing things. And now, anyways, I'm glad we haven't talked about that much. It is fantastic to hear that Starlink works well for Dave. And I hope that we hear more reports of the uh, performance improving and uh, other callers calling in and letting us know how it does for them.
1: Yeah, and um, the thing is, and I understand what Dave was saying, it's not going to be so much about... You know, who lives in those houses or even like how much money they make or the fact that they don't have kids or whatever. It's going to be somebody is responsible for that area, uh, you know, getting wired high-speed internet to that area eventually. And it's just about uh, how much it'll cost, basically. it's, It's cost effectiveness. It's not about anybody who lives in any of those houses or anything like that. It's about how much... Will it cost to build the infrastructure to get that wiring to those seven houses on that street uh, versus what they can make back from it uh, until we get to a point where something like that is basically instituted and and they have to do it, uh, which is what we're getting close to. Uh, And it's awesome that we have something like Starlink that can fill in that gap until uh, more utilities in the state have the money to build out the infrastructure because that is not, especially in a place as rural uh, as Mississippi is in 98% of the state, that's just going to be a ridiculously expensive build out. It will happen eventually, but it's, I mean, it's going to be like like old folks like me getting out of the bed, all creaky and moaning and going to give you all sorts of They'll give you an earful while they're doing it, but eventually they'll get around to doing it. My wife Starling. asked me to full close. It's kind of how that will work out.
2: Sterling was our hail mary for the rural internet community, and it looks like it's working while we're still waiting for the power company to get there. So, yep, that's good news.
1: But they are there. There are utilities locally that are doing work. I was trying to find a story about something that just happened in Northeast Mississippi. We'll update that the next time we're on.